everyone. This is Non-Christian Bible Talk, and I'm your host, Leanna. And before we get started with the episode, here's a few words about our sponsor, Anchor.fm, where I record this lovely podcast. All right, friends, y'all ready to go to church? Because I am. Let's talk about the Bible. This week, we are going to be talking about Genesis 1 and 2. Mainly, we're going to be talking about the two trees in the Eden story, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. There's a lot to be said about these two trees, but we're going to kind of stick to the obvious kind of points of it. The tree of life, a lot of people think, is the tree that makes people live forever, kind of like a fountain of youth, but in tree form. Some think that Adam and Eve would eat this so that they could be um, etern- live eternally, obviously, so they could enjoy the garden and the pleasures of earth and never die. Now, I don't really have an opinion on this because I think that, yeah, maybe, maybe there could be a fountain of youth. Maybe there could be a tree that fruit makes people live forever. I doubt that it's a very good tasting fruit only because there's always good with the bad. And so if you're going to eat something that makes you live forever, it's probably going to taste bad because you kind of have to give a little to get a lot, I guess, in this case. I don't know. That's just some random nonsense, I think. But anyway, this really is up for anyone's interpretation because there's really nothing said about this tree, especially so far in the Bible that we have read. It just says, hey, there's a tree over there. It's called the tree of life. And then there's another tree that is forbidden, the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat of that one, but whatever about this tree of life. Which I'll be honest with you, I would think there would be a lot more written about this tree because it's called the tree of life. What life? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it the tree that makes you live forever? Is it a tree to get you pregnant? I mean, what is life in this sense? I, I don't know. But I think, and a lot of other people think, that it is a tree that will let you live forever. The other thing about this tree is, is just because it makes you live forever, it doesn't necessarily keep you young forever. So I wonder if they can grow old, but live forever. I've always wondered that. It's kind of like when you get a wish and you wish, I want to live forever, but you don't wish to stay young forever. So you end up being really old looking, but you're never going to die. I don't know. Sorry, random. Okay. On to the other tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So I've read some and heard some about this that kind of says that good and evil in this sense means everything. It makes you in a sense like God kind of that you know everything where Adam and Eve tend to only know at this point from what we can tell what God has told them and what they can come up with off the top of their head. Because I, I don't know, I have forgotten if he's named all the animals yet in this part but he names all the animals so he has to know something he has to have a very broad vocabulary because if not he's literally just spouting gibberish so that's kind of saying that the names of things are gibberish I don't know let me know what y'all think about this because if he doesn't have some extensive vocabulary already at this point, where is he coming up with the names of everything? Okay, that was really random. I'm so sorry. I went down a rabbit hole with that. So back to the tree. 
he, God, is so concerned about Adam and Eve not eating from this tree that he stations a cherub, which is an angel, with a fiery sword in front of it to guard the tree. Later on in the story, we find out that Eve eats of this tree. Most people know this already, so it doesn't matter if I skip ahead some. Where is the, the guard with the fiery sword? How does they even have a chance to eat from this tree. Anyway, I don't even think they mentioned that. We'll find out in the next episode. Let's go back to the tree. It's kind of said in most stories, especially um, for children, that it's an apple. It's not an apple, for one. And two, they're never specifically said what the fruit is. So it could be anything. It could be berries. I don't know. Um, I'm just saying that it doesn't say what kind of fruit, but it's fruit. It could be anything. It could be a nut. We don't know. So I kind of wish people would stop saying apple because it's not an apple. But I guess for children, it's you know more understandable to say apple than anything else. Side note, that part of the world, from what I hear, doesn't have apples. So they say it's probably more of like a pomegranate. But again, they don't even say it's that kind of fruit. So that's my rant on that one. Now on to the next thing I want to talk about in this episode is the forming of Eve. There's a lot going on with how God makes Eve. Some, uh, as we talked about in the last episode, people take it as two creation myths. We're not going to do that. We're going to go with one creation myth. So Genesis 2, 7 says that the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Okay, so that's how he made Adam. But then later he creates Eve from Adam's rib. That's what I want to talk about here. Why a rib? Why not just create Eve from the dust and God's breath as well? This is some controversy. I've read that it's not necessarily a rib, it's from his side, depending on the translation that you've read. I'm not sure about rib, personally. Um, I did read that because ribs actually will kind of regrow themselves or rejuvenate. I didn't really understand the whole article, but you can look that up, that ribs rejuvenate themselves. So Adam has the same number of ribs that the rest of us have, even though God took one because it can rejuvenate itself. So there's that. The myth is busted. Women and men have the same number of ribs. But then if we go to God made Eve out of Adam's side, there's some symbology there that I've read and that I've kind of been told my whole life is that women are made from the side because we're to stand beside um, men as helpmates. There's a whole thing about helpmates. Um, we're not from as feet because then we're not here to be treaded upon and we're not from the head because we're not to tower over or to be above men. We're of the side because we are here to stand beside man. Now, <laughs> that is not taken literally in, well, any case, but a lot of Christians believe that men are supposed to be in front of, in a way, women. We're here to help them, hence help mates. But I just, why? <laughs> okay, anyway, not the point. One point of view is that an older Greek myth, uh, you can look this up, it was that men and women actually were created as one being, so hermaphrodites, and then something happened, so it forced the two entities apart, making female and male, and that we spend our entire lives looking for our other selves. 
I kind of like the story. It kind of feeds in the whole soulmate thing, which I personally believe in and I love. But that was how we came in the Greek mythology, um, male and female, not just one in its entity. So it's thought that the Bible carried this story over into um, uh, its own version at, that Adam and Eve were at one point one and then God separated them into by taking the side or his other half and making Eve. This is again kind of speculation no one really knows but I I could see where that would be true. It it plays it makes sense. Okay I'm sorry I'm not really going in order I'm gonna try to do better with this but I don't have all my notes today so I'm kind of winging it. So the last thing I want to talk about here is something very interesting I saw on a podcast on YouTube yesterday, last night really, is the creation of evil and the creation of not just free will, but the desire to do something against God's will. It seemed to start with Satan's desire to give the apple or pomegranate to Eve. Where did that come from? Because if you read through the creation story, Every day he creates something and he says that it was good. Nothing so far does he create that he has any implication might ever be bad or evil in this case. So where does the idea of evil or the desire to do evil come from? Humans haven't eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil yet, so they don't have any idea to do anything other than what God has said. So where does this desire come from? I'm going to leave it with that this week. Um, please let me know what your ideas of that are. You can contact me at nonchristianbibletalk at gmail.com, one word. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics I went over to. See y'all next Saturday.